And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 299. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. We're the only Thor podcast out there being hosted by a true descendant of Odin. I think you should know by that by now. And we're also a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to our 300th episode. Yeah, uh, it is 299, but it's also episode number 300, and that is because, of course, we... Had a mistake back, uh, yeah, back in the uh, 2016, I believe, and we skipped over an issue, and I had to go back. We went back and we recorded an episode 231 and a half. So this is actually our 300th episode on the result of that. Some smart aleck out there is saying, "What about that Casper cast?" No, that was its own thing. That was <laughs> that was Casper cast number one. And uh, with any luck, you won't be hearing any more of those. <laughs> <laughs> Unless people really demand it, uh, probably not going to be revisiting Casper anytime soon. It's been a great pleasure to have been your host for the last 300 episodes. I'm still not sick of doing the show. It's still worth it to me. So as long as this show is fun to do, I will continue to do it. And, you know, I, I know, I think last time we had an anniversary, you know, their 200th episode, I said, you know, I don't know if we're going to make it to 400. I think we'll make it to 400. I, I don't see why not. Um, you know, I'm not making any, any solid commitments for 10-year runs on the show. But, you know, we've been going now. We started the show in 2011. So, you know, just about seven years ago now. And so we're about three months shy of seven years that we've been doing the show. And I'm still enjoying covering new stuff, still enjoying covering the old uh, Thor comics, still making fun of it. You know, it hasn't become a slog yet. And when it becomes a slog, that's when I'm going to start, you know, thinking about maybe doing, you know, another project or something. But anyway, um, let's not talk about that because we're actually here to celebrate. So what we're doing this week, we are going back to 2013 and we're going to pick up where we left off in the Journey into Mystery run featuring the Lady Sif. We last left this era back in April of last year, and now we're getting back around as things go around, you know, uh, coming back to it. So uh, without any further ado, let's move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of where the booming heavens roar. Absolument, as the French may say, and if they don't say it, it's because I just made the word up. Anyway, we are covering this week, Journey into Mystery number 652. This issue was released in 2013. I don't know the month, and I don't know what the uh, value of the cover price is because it doesn't say on my scan. Cover art is by, uh, looks like 
Dika? Dikas? Anyway, we've seen the person's artwork before. It shows Sif. She is holding her sword in front of her as though she's about to swing it at something. Uh, she's got an angry look on her face like she's shouting. And lurking behind her is a very toothsome looking uh, Beta Ray Bill. Now, uh, it took me a while to figure out what was wrong with this, this picture of Beta Ray Bill. Um, and despite the coloring error that makes his costume look like it's a really, really pale blue, his teeth is wrong. His, his mouth is wrong. It, it, they made him kind of look like a crocodile here with lots and lots and lots of teeth. And instead of having that like dead horse skull look that he's supposed to have. So somebody here messed up on the cover, but that's okay because it's actually a really, really nice cover. And we then get additionally, we get a, uh, a pinup here of Sif. And it uh, shows Sif standing proudly in front of uh, sort of a Kirby space kind of uh, background. And she's got her sword in front of her and looking very noble. And it says, Sif, shield maiden of Asgard, servant of the All-Mother, All-Warrior, All-Woman, tough enough to kill, strong enough to love. And we open up to the beginning of the story, which shows Sif. She is hacking her way, looks like, through a, uh, a wilderness. And there are ruins in the wilderness, and there's a bunch of plants. And she's, uh, she actually shows her beheading a tree, which makes Sif a tree murderer. Yes, we're back at that again. She's got kind of a pensive look on her face, and uh, we're getting some inner monologue here. I am Sif. I know who I am. From whence I came and for what purpose. I can name the nine realms and all who reside there, and whom I have slain there and in what manner. I have fought monsters that would not bleed, men who would not submit. I have ventured further than most would dare, and dared enough to boast for a lifetime. I know who I am, and for what purpose I was made. I fight for Asgardia, but... And uh, she says out loud... This is the last time I garden for it. And we see that she's actually in a garden. It's called the Ruin Garden of the All Mother. And I guess that's because there are ruins here and they're overgrown with uh, you know, plants. And looks like she's been scratched up a bit by thorns. And uh, she's hacking down weeds and stuff with her, uh, with her uh, sword. And we see uh, her approaching a, a woman sitting on some tree roots. And it turns out to be the earth goddess Gaia. So I didn't realize she lived in Asgardia, but okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, she says, Gaia, I found nothing in the undergrowth save thorns and a sickly sweetness. I do not know how something be so alive and grasping, yet dead and rotting at the same time. The garden was built for remembrance, and yet now it seems less to recollect than to gnaw at a cankerous sore or an old grievance. If this has anything to do with our interference in this blessed space while recapturing the Fenris wolf, then I apologize and will work towards the remedy, says Sif. It's true that Volstagg probably set Edsgardian lawn sports back a good year or two, but I do not think you are to blame. Surely Gaia the Earth Mother is connected to all living things, can you not speak to your children and simply ask them, says Sif's. Oh, you know, children. Not really, says Sif. I can speak to my Thor, but does he listen? Does he reply? Not at my bidding, says Sif, but I am not his mother, thank the stars. 
It is much the same for me, I'm afraid, says Gaia. Tell me, Sif, what is it that you feel you are connected to? Asgardia, duty, my sword, thirst, hunger. I confess I am not poetic in my requirements. And Gaia's looking a little bit rocky here. She looks a little weak, and she's kind of holding her head like she has a headache. And uh, she says, We all need to be fed to be nourished. Something has gone wrong here. A damp rivulet of rot. I feel it. I feel it spreading. And I am so tired, Sif. So. And she topples over, uh, only to be caught by Sif, uh, who's shouting out, My lady! And we get the splash page where, of course, we have the title of the story, Seeds of Destruction, another journey into mystery with the Lady Sif by Catherine Immonen, who is the writer, Valerio Schitti is the artist, Jordi Belair is the color artist, VC's Clayton Cowles was the letterer, Jeff Decal was the cover artist, as I was saying before, Jacob Thomas was the seed, Lauren Sankovich is the destruction, Axel Alonzo was the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada was the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley is the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. We then shift scenes to Gaia's private chambers, which is a very large building full of trees and water. And there's like waterfalls and stuff coming out of it. It's actually a very cool design. It's very sort of World of Warcraft uh, in the sense that it looks like one of like the... the um, uh, the Druid temples, or the, yeah, the Druid temples. But anyway, um, Gaia is laying there on a, a bed of sorts, and she is surrounded by vines and plants, and there's a dog there, and a rabbit, and a fox, and a deer, and yeah. And there's a sort of uh, horned woman uh, looking, again, very much like a World of Warcraft uh, Druid, and she's got, like, antlers, and God has this, some sort of a staff, you know, like a healing staff. And we get a little bit of, uh, again, inner monologue here from Sif. How do we heal a goddess? How do we fight an enemy we cannot see, cannot name? Life, death, change, the eternal cycle. These are things that we know. But disease and illness, that is a kind of alteration with which we have precious little experience. She leaves the, the bedchamber... The All-Mother Freya and Idun, the goddess Idun, are standing outside the door. She closes the door with a click and turns around, and she's like, All-Mother. And Idun says, Is she conscious? Does she speak? The Sayed woman is with her now, Lady Idun. Shame and magic? I could have done that, says Lady Freya. I think Mother Gaia consented simply to be able to say that it had been done, not because it would help. She wakes and speaks, but she is vague, as though receding into a kind of darkness. What has caused this, says Freya? They cannot tell, Lady Freya. It is not magical, and it is not written of in Asgardia. She is mother to Midgard. If she declines, the cost may be higher than any of us can count. Even if she were mother to no one, she would still be the sister to us all. Sif... If we are unable to divine the answer amongst ourselves, then we must look elsewhere. We must look outward. I have grown so weary of asking for help, says Sif, 
And we shift scenes, and we are in Broxton, Oklahoma, at the Broxton Walk-In Medical Clinic. And Sif has obviously gone there looking for help, and we do see a doctor, and of course that is Jane Foster, the erstwhile Thor, and she is sitting and she's examining the ear, um, uh, somebody's inner ear of a little fat kid, and the, the little fat kid's mother is standing there looking very stylish in a magenta blouse, and kind of sexy actually, <laughs> um, but, uh, and uh, Jane is saying, wow, there's a whole little forest in there. But it hurts when you sneeze, huh? A lot, says the little kid. And uh, so I guess he's got some kind of a fungus or something in his ear. Well, I'll get you some drops. It should clear right up. You want a drug plan, Mrs. Howe? Afraid not, says the kid boy's mother. No problem. There should be a bunch of samples lying around that I can give you. A knocking comes on the door. Knock, knock, knock. And uh, Jane is like, come in, we're done. And it's her uh, her nurse, and her nurse is a uh, Asian woman with uh, blue lipstick and black nail polish. So I guess this, this is uh, about as close. I guess this is about as close as, to a goth as you're going to get in uh, Broxton, Oklahoma. And she says, "Doctor Foster, can you come out to the waiting room, please? Like right now." And uh, there are four women sitting in the waiting room. Three of them are as guardians. <laughs> so we have uh, Sif and Freya and Idun, and there's a, a kind of a you know, Zoftig kind of looking uh, red-haired lady in here too, uh, obviously one of the locals. And Jane sees them sitting there, and she's like, wow. And Sif is like, we do not have an appointment. Well, it's a walk-in clinic, so no worries there. Why don't you come through, ladies? And uh, Sif dumps a bunch of magazines onto the uh, red-haired woman who was probably there first, I'm willing to bet. And she's like, thank you. But the you know, Asgardian women are quite large, you know, and so they're like, they're like you know, seven feet tall and very, yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, Jane is like, on second thought, maybe one at a time. And uh, as they're going into the, uh, into the office, Sif is kind of whispering to Jane, I think that woman drove to the walk-in clinic. And Jane is like, okay, I'll get on it. And maybe you can leave the sword out here. And we see that uh, Sif leaves her sword outside the examining room. And um, they're talking in the room. And uh, so Jane is like, I'm not really sure what you want me to say. Are you sure it's not magic? Our people are at a loss, Dr. Jane Foster. I want to know what you would do if she were one of yours. Well, technically, Gaia is one of ours, but I confess I really don't get all this Earth Mother mumbo-jumbo. No offense. We have that in common, says Sif. How could I be offended? I have never talked to a vegetable in my life. And then the two of them say together, Except for Thor! He can be a little starchy. Surprisingly green sometimes. And they're like kind of laughing about it. He is bold, but you and I in the same room would scare him half to death, and rightly so. And we see actually uh, Jane Foster's desktop on her computer, which is a, uh, a Rembrandt painting of an autopsy. Um, which is, yeah, I, I know the painting. It's, it's kind of interesting. I believe it's called The Anatomy Lesson. But anyway, um, uh, you know, Siva's saying, 
Kea is brave and strong, Dr. Foster. We believe she may fight this battle herself and win. I'd never say this to a patient, but I hate when people say that. I've seen strong and brave people turn to dust, and some jerk is thinking, well, I guess they didn't just try hard enough. Sif is quiet for a moment, and uh, Jane says, Okay, so if you really want to know, maybe it's only Gaia's problem, maybe it's not. You say she's turning inward, so she may be able to solve this herself. She certainly has the innate knowledge, but the first step would have to be quarantine and observation, and that means Gaia and the garden. Tony Stark built Asgardia, so maybe he could do something to help you out here as well. And then we uh, shift to, uh, I guess it's Avengers Satellite. Anyway, it looks like a very Keith Giffen-y kind of structure. But anyway, uh, we have a hologram here of Iron Man. And Iron Man is wearing a weird armor that I didn't recognize. So I actually asked somebody about this. I asked Pete about this. And he says that this is the armor that uh, Stark was wearing when he was out with the Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. So that places this in a uh, specific time and, and place. And uh, Tony Stark is saying, Sure, I guess we can throw up a bubble. But are you sure that's going to be enough? Are you sure it's not magic? Listen, if you want quarantine, I've got an asteroid out by Jupiter that we're not using, but someone capable is going to have to go out there and flip some switches, get the light on. And we see that uh, Sif is um, you know, suiting up, got the space suit on, and uh, she's thinking to herself, there is nowhere else I want to be but protecting Gaia while she tries to heal, because I know what it is to be watched and worried over. It is like drowning, even if it was by your own stupidity that you filled the lake. And uh, we, we get a little bit of a caption from a Tony still. Oh, just one more thing. Exactly how big is this garden now? And it is indeed quite large. And we see uh, them transporting the, um, uh, the garden out to this asteroid. And there's this sort of like rainbow beams coming in. And I don't know what that's supposed to be, the Bifrost or whatever it is. But anyway, Sif is there and she's using all this like tech and she still has her sword out uh, by her side. But um, anyway, we have a little bit more dialogue here from Tony Stark. And uh, I'm going to need you to sign a waiver in case you find anything up there that belongs to me that I've forgotten about. And I'm going to want my gear back, all of it. And don't touch anything if you don't know what it's attached to. And if the K-rations up there make you sick, you need to take that up with Captain America because I think he originally arranged the catering. And Sif, stay out of my bed. It's the one with the clean sheets. Other than that, you know, have fun, girls. And uh, we get a beautiful uh, full page here of uh, Sif floating in space. And uh, yeah, this is the Avengers Deep Space Monitoring Station. So yeah, it's a big deal. And we have Sif trying to get into the uh, door, and she's still in the spacesuit and all that. And the, uh, the system is going, please enter access code. And it's like, eh, access denied. Please enter. And there's a clanking noise, and <laughs> so I guess uh, Sif punches it or something, and it says, ow, that hurt. And then there's a whunk. And it looks like uh, Sif has ripped out the lock. And uh, the door opens with a shh. And, uh, yep, and she's damaged the door. So, yeah, what fun. So Sif goes in there and she is rolling a cart 
that has Gaia inside it. So it's like a like a suspended animation pod or something, something of that nature. And she goes rolling in there with that and sets it down with a boop and a shh. And she opens up the pod and Gaia sits up and uh, you can see that Gaia is just wearing a, like a cover and her boob is showing anyway. Um, and Sif says, Welcome to your new home, my lady. Oh, Sif, I am not certain that any of this was necessary. Whatever this is, I know it is only for me. Perhaps, perhaps not. But would you have preferred to stay in Asgardia under a glass dome? Like an experiment? Like an animal in a zoo? No, no, not at all. That is what I thought. So you are here and I am here. It is quiet. It is safe. Sif, I... I know we do not approach the world in the same way, but in this matter you have shown great understanding, and I thank you for it. Enough, says Sif. Let us find your quarters, so that I may go and examine the garden and perhaps find something to kill. Of course. I didn't mean to imply that you were getting soft, says Gaia. And uh, we shift to um, a slightly later... And so Sif has changed clothes. She's back in the uh, like the uh, variation of the original outfit we saw her in when Kirby introduced her. So sort of this uh, red and white thing with the piping. So it's nice to get a little throwback to that. And she's looking out the window at the uh, floating uh, garden. And she's sighing and she's saying, ah, perhaps later. And she goes into the kitchen area of the... Uh, of the the station and there's a like a microwave and a radio with cassette tapes and a toaster and looks like a coffee maker and it looks like somebody has spilled pills <laughs> on the uh, thing and she uh, goes in the cupboard and there's like uh, k-rations in there uh and a razor knife to open them with and yeah she does not look pleased to be uh, uh eating the space food and there's no dialogue here, but uh, yeah, I could kind of explain to you what's going on. We actually have a scene here. She's looking out over Jupiter uh, and uh, not saying anything. And she's eating like a, a kind of a crunch bar, like energy bar or something. And she is listening to, or she has a Walkman, like a cassette Walkman. And she accidentally presses a button on the uh, the console with it. And it goes tack, and it turns on. And so she's being surrounded by all this uh, um, data. It's like uh, sound data, like like a million different channels all at once. And she's getting like alien uh, news, and, and, and we get just just a few of the things it's saying. Uh, Delta azimuth correction is plus point two two. Though April showers may come your way, they do bring the flowers that bloom in May. So if it's raining, have no regrets, because it isn't raining rain, you know. It's raining violets. I guess that's a song, anyway. Because um, at the sound of the beep, the time will be exactly 4.51. Anyway, so lots of media here, and she's kind of rushing to try to turn it off, or at least to um, quiet it down a little bit. And uh, she's getting us some signals, um, and one of those is a mayday. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, so she answers and she says, this is the Avengers Deep Space Monitoring Station. How can we assist you? Glad to get your attention. 
I was really hoping there wasn't going to be anyone down there. Who is this? You need to evacuate immediately. You are... Who is this? Who is this? I... Bill? Sif? And we see Bill, and he is in his ship, and the ship is called Scuttlebutt, as you may recall. And it looks like he's doing squats, um, because he's, he's like in front of a chair, but he's not actually sitting in it. And it is indeed Beta Ray Bill, and he is in his Thor form. Though it's, he seems to have changed armor, uh, the armor doesn't quite look the same. Um, and the artist inside the issue, uh, Shidi, has actually drawn him looking uh, proper. So he, he doesn't have the extra teeth and stuff. So he, he looks like uh, Beta Ray Bill is supposed to. So it was like, Beta Ray Bill? Great stars woman, yes. And the ship is saying, you should call her Lady Bill. It is implied, Scuttlebutt. Don't tell me what to do. Why would you want to change our relationship after all these years, Bill? Tell her I say hello. Sif, you've got to get out of there. And Scuttlebutt says hello. Greetings, Scuttlebutt. And it is absolutely not possible for us to leave in any manner of haste. Can you not divert? And um, so apparently uh, Scuttlebutt is chasing uh, some kind of other ship. And uh, Bill says... Moments ago, our target took a left turn, directly for you. We can try to get in front of it, Bill, says Scuttlebutt. I can try to get in front of it. What in hell's name are you chasing? My girlfriend, says Beta Ray. And at that moment, the thing that they're chasing, which looks kind of like a big red spider crab ship kind of thing, smashes into the asteroid where uh, the Avengers uh, base is. And we get a giant uh, picture here of Beta Ray and Sif, and they both have this look on their face like they're very alarmed. And there is a to be continued. Next issue, the birds and the Beta Ray Bills. And there's a actually a beautiful uh, illustration here. It may be... Um, I don't know if this is the cover art for the next issue or what, but it, it's got Beta Ray Bill and he's got his arms around Sif and she's holding onto his arm and she's got her uh, sword upward, like uh, like defiant or victorious. And again, once again, Beta Ray Bill has way too many teeth. But anyway, that is Journey into Mystery number 652. So yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about this issue right after this message. romance comics podcast in which four guys talk about romance comics and about romances in comics with ciscoid we're all uh, french canadians here marty in horror comics there's often like this little you know <laughs> romance tinge i guess okay bass we oh, just yeah. turned on him <laughs> and yours truly fern i'm very aroused featuring the overproduced wonder that is romance comics theater every episode dan I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available on iTunes. We've had a comic book romance. 
And we are back. And of course, we have a few things to say about this issue, as we always do. First of all, it's nice to be back into the Journey into Mystery series again. There aren't very many issues left. I think it's just the three or four at this point. But it is nice to be back in and, and actually looking at the issues. Um, loving the artwork here. Uh, Valerio Shiti, I think that uh, you know he's incapable of drawing anything badly. Um, Beta Ray Bill looks great. Scuttlebutt looks great. Uh, Scuttlebutt actually does have a lot of the reminiscence of the, uh, of the original design as it was designed by uh, Walt Simonson. So it's really, really cool. Um, Story-wise, well, it's a little slow. Again, it's decompressed storytelling. You have to keep that in mind. After following the uh, the last few episodes that have, we've been covering, you know, back in the Bronze Age, this seems like really, really decompressed, uh, and it is. So we've got a lot of uh, big images here of you know big spanning space vistas or the gardens or whatever, and so it is interesting. So we actually have Gaia here. What's getting to the meat of the matter? Uh, is not doing well. Uh, something is wrong with her. Now, I'm willing to bet that we're going to find a link here to Roxon because that is kind of where this is pointing. It's not pointing as a mystical thing. It's pointing to a physical thing. Gaia is connected to the Earth, and I think we're going to find that this is connected somehow to Roxon and what has been going on in the regular Thor series. I don't know if that started quite this early, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. I mean, 2013 is pretty early on. I think that this is still pre-Girl Thor, but it may not be pre-Thor God of Thunder. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure of the um, of the timeline in here. But I that's my guess, that it is, is having something to do with Roxxon and some, something that they're doing to the Earth or some kind of separation from the earth that's going on as a result of this technology. Um, I love the ruined garden. I like the way it looks. It's this idea of having a wilderness that has been sealed in a, an air bubble that's floating around out in space that uh, is, is kind of an interesting concept. And obviously it's meant to look like it's really, really old. And so I'm not really sure what's going on here. But anyway, it's it's kind of interesting. And the, as always, the artwork is gorgeous. And the writing, well, it's decent, you know. What else can I say? There, again, not a lot happens in this issue, so I don't have a whole lot to comment about. All right. So once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. It's time to wrap up the show. Once again, hope everybody had a great new year. Hope you were safe. Uh, didn't get any accidents, didn't drink too much. I actually stayed at home with Pete, and we kind of had a quiet evening at home. We didn't have any alcohol. Um, we had some uh, sparkling grape juice at midnight, and then we went to bed. Kind of boring, really. But uh, <laughs> actually, no. It was nice to be able to spend some time with, with Pete and uh, actually spend more time with him this week than I had in, in uh, quite a while. So, yeah, really, really nice, and hope everybody else had a nice uh, New Year's, too. And with that... I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. We'll see you next time for our episode number 300, which is actually our 301st episode, but who's counting? Anyway, we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment review 
and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>